and you can live in the day. Welcome to Man in the Making. Rokas, nice to see you. Nice to see you as well, Raj, and nice to see Prashemik joining see, us here today. Yeah, I see Prashemik has uh, tagged in, thank, thanks to your coordination. And as producer, please uh, pull me off the stage and, and take right. this show on. So, <laughs> Prashemik, great to have you on. Uh, we invited you because you had some questions you emailed Raj about and feel free to ask them now. Yes, definitely. So I recently encountered the idea of seven dimensions of well-being and I thought it might be an interesting topic to talk about on podcast to get more into in-depth with it or find ideas. But let's begin on what it really is. And I would say these are the main areas that contribute to our well-being and as name suggests, wellness. And I remember suggesting, when my friend asked me what topic we'll be talking about, I said the seven dimensions of wellness and I don't really have that many dimensions. So it might come off strange to some people, but I would say um, what's the reason for these areas is that we are narrowing down the scope to see uh, what we might struggle with or what we are actually doing fine with and how can we maintain this stuff so I think we can go with the first dimension, the physical well-being. And let's pause. Ideas. Let's pause right there. The seven dimensions of wellness are physical, emotional, intellectual, social, spiritual, environmental, occupational. So those are pretty great. I mean, to me, this the overall reason of why we have these is to just break down a big chunk of life. Life is kind of a big chunk. Anytime that we can break it down into smaller pieces, we'll be able to manage it better. And we talk about that a lot on the show. And we all know that. The three of us, we know that. Um, the seven, the background of like seven dimensions and dimensions themselves is a very... Um, a psychology oriented uh, structure or schema that's been around before Freud, um, Freud and Jung, or maybe just Jung, um, Carl Jung started to make the dimensions a part of practicing psychology and psychotherapy by, by using dimensional definitions of life and, and breaking into the mystic of, of, of what the mystic really stands for, um, which is seeing life through dimensions or, or layers. Instead of one whole thing, they see parts and that helps them understand life better, helps them understand themselves better, comma, helps them understand people better. Now, before um, Jung and Freud and all that, Going back thousands of years, um, Eastern uh, philosophical and religious traditions had dimensions and they broke down life uh, into those things and they called them tattvas, tattvas, T-A-T-T-V-A. A tattva is a layer of existence, specifically um, all of reality. So, so 
there's 36 of them and it means every layer of reality has a definition can be defined and there's there's 36 to define going from like causal or like the idea or the pre-idea of of existence through um the the creation of it the the gross elements of life of matter um and then you know down to nature and emotion flesh you know body and all that stuff down to speech and digestion etc 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 all right so both 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 buddhism and hinduism have tattvas i think buddhists have more or less i can't remember um but hindus have 36 layers of existence so coming back out a few thousands of years coming back to the temp to the uh, modern uh times we have um dimensional uh awareness of our reality okay so the 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 religious ancient religious thought takes the dimensions into um creation and things like that godlike territories more modern times have left those part of the theories out and we've just kept it to dimensions in the mind um or dimensions in our own life that is relevant because uh going too far into these layers really confuses people and it makes it hard to understand the tatvas is not a well-known aspect of of research and and religious thought it really takes a scholar to dive down into them and to understand them uh, and i'm just giving the basics because i'm i'm not a scholar so there are dimensions of um everything there's dimensions of objects um there's dimensions of sight um and and the monks i'm talking about that because the monks that i that train me have a seven dimensions uh also um and i'm gonna look those up real quick seven dimensions um himalayan academy i'm just gonna google that okay so my guru calls it the seven dimensions of the mind. The seven dimensions are a positive and helpful way of looking at life and understanding the experiences we have on the inward path by identifying experiences as being within one dimension or another. We are able to know at all times just where we are in consciousness. And that knowledge is the control over awareness that we need to continue the upward climb. Very cool. And they end by saying, uh, the monks and by saying, at all times we are flowing through all of the dimensions. They all exist in total completion right now within us. However, we are only conscious periodically in one or another of them as awareness magnifies itself and registers the dimensions by focusing upon it, shall we say. So, um every mystical teacher seems to have these seven <laughs> seven dimensions um i don't know where the monks got them uh they probably just kind of you know they were they were big fans of carl jung so 
these could be borrowed and, and changed a little bit from Jung. But regardless, this um, when you when you talked about this pergemic, these seven seven dimensions, I was kind of revved up because I love this dimensional talk. Um, I don't I don't really use it myself, I guess, but I mean, it all makes sense, right? I guess I do use it. What am I talking about? I use it all the time. I use it every day. So, all right, that's the overview, I think, for the listeners. That's what I, that's what I understand. <clears throat> Prigemic, why don't you continue on with your, with your, um, with your flow of thought there on these dimensions? Because you were, you were, you were spot on there. Uh, I definitely have to say that your overview was way better than I had prepared last two <laughs> sentences, but I am definitely getting back to narrowing down the scope as, for example, we can think of the wellness as the entire machine, and we might think that the machine broke, but the entire machine broke, not really, and when we try to fix the machine, we might look, for example, for certain sections, and all right, this section work, this section work, all right, this section doesn't work. And it might keep narrowing down the scope, right? So it's somewhere in this section. So it might be this part. And we find a certain part to simply fix the one certain part and the entire machine gets back to work. So that's what I really think about when thinking about narrowing the scope. And actually this um, seven dimensions of well-being allows, allows us to narrow down where do we actually might have the problems with our well-being. Yes. Or, as Alex says, right questions to diagnose ourselves if we are in this dimension on the right path or not, or yes. <clears throat> how can we maintain the certain dimensions? So I think that would be my overview of it. Why, sh why should we actually learn about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is the why. Those are, those are spot on. <clears throat> I like that when you said um, self self-diagnose, self-therapy, self-psychology, anything where we can do something ourselves without spending a lot of money or time uh, is important. I think a lot of people are held back by, by uh, financial reasons. They can't afford having the best teachers and things like that, and they don't have the time. So any, anytime something can become clear to us because we've, 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 encountered a, 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 a map, so to speak, into something we're doing, I'm all for it. Um, but you know what? Uh, as a side note, no matter how many tools I create for people to self-study, they, they're still not interested. They're, they're more interested in spending money, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> the physical, so physical, emotional, intellectual, social, spiritual. This is definitely different than the monk's seven dimensions. I'm trying to find a list of the monk's one, but it's I can only find a, a, like a book. So the first one is, is the first dimension from the monks is the inside of objects, our perceptions in the first dimension. The first dimension is the inside of things that you cannot see or touch. So what the monks would always explain to me, 
Um, if you look at a building, a skyscraper, and they have these big cement columns or something, uh, you know, surrounding the building. The first dimension is the inside of the column or the, the inside of the wall or the inside of the building where there's the, the skeleton that we cannot see because it's covered up by, by like the, the layers of the outside of the object. <laughs> the second dimension is the five senses our perceptions in the second dimension. This, the second dimension consists of things which can be both seen and touched. The surfaces of objects such as flowers, stones, and water. When we observe these objects without thinking about them, without feeling like or dislike, just pure perception, then we are aware of the second dimension. Oh, I should, I should interrupt myself and say that um, the deeper the dimensions go, um, the deeper into um, reality we go. So how should I say this? The goal of knowing about the dimensions is eventually being further into the dimensions. Does that make sense? Like <clears throat> we want to get away from the first few dimensions um, when it comes to conflict and, and things like that. Obviously, if you're an architect, you live in the first dimension, but when, as we'll see in the later dimensions, they get more refined and more subtle, and we want to be able to get to those as quickly as possible. Uh, dimension three, thoughts and feelings. So we're getting more subtle here. It is in the third dimension that most people live in most of the time. Okay, so that's an interesting statement, right? It is the, in the third dimension that most people live in most of the time. So most people live in their thoughts and feelings. This is the world of thoughts and feelings of emotions and intellectual theory. It thrives on novelty, new ideas, new feelings, new fashions, new discoveries, new anything. The third dimensional world is changing rapidly. Okay, so if we're, if, if we're living there most of the time, uh, that means we're not living in the fourth dimension. All right, so why would we want to live in the fourth dimension? Um, mountaintop consciousness. The fourth dimension is the natural state of mankind, the state he resides in unless external events consume awareness. This is where life should be lived every day, having the mountaintop consciousness that looks over in and through everything and gives the facility to enjoy and participate fully in the world while knowing at all times exactly where we are in the mind. And we've talked about this a lot. This is a, a huge teaching because this is the definition of mindfulness. So the fourth dimension for, for, for uh, my school is, is uh, perceiving everything without being attached to anything. Um, you can, and this applies to other people uh, and this also applies to the other dimensions. So we can see the first dimension, right? I can look at a camera. I can think about the inner workings of the camera without directly seeing them, but I'm not actually engaged or I don't have any desires towards the inside of the camera. I just, as a concept, I understand that they exist. Why is that important? Um, let's say someone looks at me or is talking to me and they're angry and I'm looking at them 
And so if, if I'm in the fourth dimension, I look inside them, I can see that they're angry, they had a tough day, they got some bad news. But I myself am not angry. I'm not feeling like I need to be angry because they are and I'm not I'm not getting angrier as I speak to them or as they yell at me. I'm just observing. I can look at them and understand everything about their anger and not get pulled in. So that's that's where we that's where we want to be. We call that detachment, okay? So so fourth dimension is is detachment of perception. Um, the fifth the, go sorry ahead. Sorry to this up. Uh, one thing to know why that person is angry. Is that third or fourth dimension? To, oh, oh, the desire. Want to know why that person is that way? Uh, so yeah, wanting to know why. Is that third or fourth dimension? <clears throat> I think that's, yeah, we're going lower there. So we're going pro third uh, thoughts and feelings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, right. Starting to want to apply desire um, and, and knowledge about a thing. Yeah. I think we're going back to the third. Definitely. We have to create a distinction there because there has to be a difference between detachment and engagement. Uh, and that's a great thing to bring up. Right. So it's not that the, the lower dimensions are bad, but they're different. So we definitely want a blend of both. Right. I would be some kind of a monster if I was only in the fourth dimension, because I'll give you an example. Yesterday, Helena had shipping challenges with her product. Very frustrating. If you can imagine dealing with a lot of money, a lot of product, a lot of customers that need your product, and there's a delay in shipments, that's very uh, stressful. So um, if I am you know, as a partner, I need to be supportive. I need to be somewhat engaged in her reality and care about her feelings and her third dimension. Uh, so let's say I'm in the fourth dimension and I don't like respond. I don't, I don't somehow engage with the way she's feeling, but just observe that could be seen as, you know, kind of cold and distant and detached. So that's not ideal. However, um, you know, there's a certain amount of third to fourth, uh, you know, reciprocity going on. Like I'm going back and forth. I'm, 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 tr I'm, I'm transferring from third to fourth very quickly. So I can go, I can, I can be in fourth if I'm a bit of a meditator and an inward person, fourth dimension. Oh, she's angry or she's, there's, I'm not angry. She's um, frustrated getting stressful. I can see what's going on back to, okay, go to third. Oh, what's going on? Are you okay? Oh, the company thing. Sorry to hear about that. Blah, blah, blah. Back to fourth, you know, like third, fourth, third, fourth, going back and forth, like a, like a code. You know what I mean? Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and we don't need to go. I think that's as far as I wanted to go. Fifth, fifth dimension, the mind of light. So now we start to get into um, meditational uh, realization. So the perspective that all is well in the world, the experience that everything is as it should be, everything's perfect right now is of the fifth dimension. 
Okay. So that's, that's a great place to be. Um, that is for a, an experienced um, practitioner of mindfulness, of Zen, of meditation, of reflection, contemplation. Uh, uh, I'll skip down a paragraph. The fifth dimension is powerful. It eradicates concepts of imperfection in the flash vision of perfect harmony of all things. In the flash vision of perfect harmony. So I imagine that means in, in our abilities to, as we were just saying, manipulate our own uh, perspective very quickly. So if we can um, eradicate concepts of imperfection quickly and stay within the perfect harmony of all things. This is pure insight. Then insight is translated to the fourth dimension. Okay, so we go from fifth of, of understanding, uh, uh, cognizing, a seeing, like all seeing. And then we go to the fourth, which is um, taking that insight and translating it to uh, details. So is the fifth dimension the spirit or not yet? Yeah, one, I would say so, because once we start getting into perfection, we start getting to, to spirit pretty quick. Uh, so fifth and... Um, Five, six, and seven, we'll say, are probably the lower levels of spirit. Like okay. we're getting we're getting farther away from ego. Number six is the all-knowing body of light. So that is uh, soul, pretty much. The sixth dimension is color, sound, and vibration, as well as well as subtle forms and beings composed of these elements. So it starts to get pretty intense in their definition of the sixth. The colors of the sixth dimension are unlike colors we have ever seen on the surface of the earth. They are brighter, yet more subtle. Awareness in the sixth dimension has an all-knowing capacity, which is difficult to translate into fourth dimensional conceptual understanding. Therefore, mystics often ha have deep sixth dimensional experiences, but cannot always recall the experience later. Pretty cool. Uh, science, the... This last paragraph, science has recently discovered the sixth dimension. It tells us that all matter is energy in a grosser form and that even a chair can be reduced to sound and color at a sub-molecular level. And they're right. A chair on one level sounds like a symphony and looks like a light show. But in the second dimension, it is just an ordinary chair. Pretty cool. Seventh dimension, pure consciousness. Okay, so seventh is when we're seated fully in awareness in the soul. No mind patterns are visible in the core of the seventh dimension. No mind patterns. The seventh dimension is a silent world. Only the air exists there and not the smoke. That's kind of a poetic sentence. Only pure energy, which is equivalent to pure space, which is seen here. What is seen here are particles of actinic force more intense than other particles of actinic force. So that starts to get into to, to mystical concepts that we don't want to go too far in um, unless we dive into it on a later show, I think. So that's, that's what the monks understand. Okay, so that... 
that is what separates Himalayan Academy teachings uh, from, for example, what Prajemic brought here with the seven dimensions of wellness. So there's, there's, you see how there's different seven dimensions of stuff. The monks have seven dimensions of the mind. Jung has uh, seven dimensions, I think, of consciousness. Let's see, Carl Jung, seven dimensions. Oh, so, so he has seven dimensions of personality, right? Because he's a psychologist. So everyone has their own way of, of breaking down their own area of, of interest. Um, so I like to see them all as simultaneously relevant. There's just a different thing that we're dissecting. The monks have a much higher perspective. So they're trying to break down everything as a whole. Jung is trying to break down a person. Um, and then this seven dimensional thing of wellness is trying to break down wellness, right? So it makes, it makes a lot of sense when you look at wellness as physical, emotional, intellectual, social, spiritual, environmental, occupational. So pretty much everything we go through in life has a dimension. And as Prajemic said, if our life isn't going that well, <laughs> one of these dimensions is probably screwed up. Now, they all, I think, well, let's leave Jung to the side. The, the, the monk seven dimensions tie into this wellness as well. I think we can take their first, the wellness dimension, physical. I think we can equate that to the first and second dimension of the monks. The, Actually, when I was hearing about the dimensions of the monks, it's all in my, uh, in my view, it all related to our perception and awareness and I think it was all the same areas as the areas of wellness. So yeah. Are, they seem similar in this way, but yeah. on the other hand. It, yeah, they do. No, is, is it actually that the, um, the seven dimensions of wellness are the different areas of one big thing? I would say like horizontally while the seven dimensions of from the monks are actually like the vertical levels, like the, the rabbit hole that goes deeper and deeper. Yeah, I, I would agree because if you look at the first dimension, Rokas, I don't know if you're if you're if you googled this, but you want me to give you the link um, to what? Sorry, the seven dimensions of wellness. I'll just put it in the chat unless you already got it. Uh, so physical, that's, that's, emotional, intellectual, all of that, right? Yeah, I or just sent you oh, okay a, a link just to see what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. So. In that same line of thinking of Prajemic, so yeah, the physical, um, physical, emotional, intellectual, social, that's basically, uh, that's break, that's inside the monk dimension in the first, second, and third. Um, and then spiritual is definitely dimensions four, five, six, seven environmental let's okay so let's go to wellness real quick this this show definitely um uses these a lot and my teachings use these a lot physical dimension first one uh physical wellness encompasses a variety of healthy behaviors including exercise proper nutrition 
abstaining from harmful habits such as drug use and alcohol abuse. I thought I was going to say alcohol use, and I was like, ooh, that's a little too strict for me. Um, okay, exercise daily, good adequate rest, use seat belts, helmets, and other protective equipment. I think that's interesting. That's, that's very specific. Use seat belts, helmets, and other protective equipment. Huh. Learn to recognize early signs of illness, eat a variety of healthy foods, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's, that's pretty obvious. Um, emotional. I'm trying to look at something that's a little bit more interesting here. After you read the monk one, you're like, all right, <laughs> let's go back to that. <laughs> um, social. I'm not sure I understand this one. Social wellness refers to our ability to interact successfully. Oh, okay in a global community. Ah, that's cool. People are using that phrase, global community. Um, tips and suggestions, cultivate healthy relationships, get involved, co contribute to your community. So they're giving, yeah, they're giving specifics within a, a dimension. The monks have, have the dimension and then they give like the overview. I don't think they really give the specifics or the details um, so much as so we have the social dimension here and they're giving specifics of healthy relationships, blah, blah, blah. But the, the monk dimension is saying the social dimension is comprised of or made up of, you know, communication with an object versus communication with people versus communication with like your, your own emotions and things like that. Spiritual dimension explore your spiritual course spend time alone meditate regularly be inquisitive be fully present yeah that's good environmental so like caring about the environment that's cool uh conserve water minimize chemical use recycle man recycling is an interesting subject in and of itself um from my understanding the u.s is not even recycling anymore to a large degree which is really kind of annoying occupational dimension. So something about your career, create a vision for yourself. That's pretty cool. So I use, I use this stuff in my, um, I think in the Zen Academy, in the, in the Zen mind curriculum, we go through all of this stuff kind of on different levels, being a part of a Zen lifestyle. So if you were doing all of this stuff, you'd be pretty Zen. Like you'd be pretty mindful and pretty self-aware, I think. Is any, anything else about that um, that comes up from both of you or, or another part of what the monks were talking about? Uh, so two things for me. Um, first one, the seven dimension of wellness that, you just covered not the monk one, but the recent one. Uh, it doesn't seem like you have to follow it from like stage one to seven. You could do like some parts from stage seven, some parts from stage two. Whereas yeah, for the monk one, it's more horizontal. Hierarchical. Right? Yeah. yeah, horizontal and vertical. That was really cool the way Prajemic said that. If when, oh. Next time he comes on the show, I'll let him know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was great um, to hear. Um, when I was actually heard the monkish dimension, it what I was thinking about is that uh, I use the word that the 
dimensions from the monks really relate to our perception and our awareness. And what's one of the things that came to my mind is it is a great tool uh, cultivating the, those dimensions of our awareness to actually use them to pinpoint all the um, all the flaws in uh, this in those vague areas of our wellness. So I think that's one of the few things that came to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Taking the vagueness out of wellness is what we're trying to do on the on here. All right, Roka. Sorry. Keep going. Um, okay. And the other thing was when you were speaking about um, the dimensions from the monk side. Can someone who is in the third or fourth state? Uh, in the third or fourth dimension, are they in a state where they can decide whether they'd want to be in a higher state, maybe like sixth or seventh? Or is that something, I don't know, how do I phrase it? So let's say me now, yeah, uh, me currently, let's say I wouldn't want to get to that stage, but is that my ego not wanting that? Or, or is that something like, because I'd say for a lot of things, you need to get there like you need to experience it first to decide whether you want to or not. But if you get to the sixth or seventh stage, then at that point, there's no going back. I don't think. Um, that's that's pretty deep, um, because that touches into what people what people think they want versus what they really want. There's a there's like a mystic um, uh, <clears throat> um, saying that. Or, or philosophy around, you know, the ego driving desire um, and, and how it's false desire. It's like, we don't really want those things, but we think we do. But to say that we have to experience these higher realms before wanting them, I don't know if I can identify with that because um that, that, that is not the common way of experiencing these dimensions. The, the, in my experience and from what I've read and seen and heard from other people is that, excuse me, um, we, we just have this, um, there's a suffering there. That's a typical Buddhist uh, path. Like, there's a suffering and we seek liberation from the suffering. So then we desire greater things or other things. And then we come upon a teacher of some sort, right? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. So that's one way, but what you're saying is all is true in, in other, in other experiences, but they're not as common. So sometimes people have these weird spiritual experiences or other dimensional experiences and they're like well what the hell was that and then they come back to the first second third and they say all right i'm gonna change my life and, and i'm gonna try to figure out what that was all about and go back to that so that's true too but but whether you should experience it a certain way i don't think anyone can say right is that what you're kind of saying it like how should i be on the path um, no, uh, it's more, so in my, I guess I'll try rephrase again. So where I am currently on the path, let's say, I 
don't I wouldn't I don't think I would want to get to the sixth or seventh seventh stage. Like I'd want to experience more of that suffering and more of I don't know, more learning. Um but of course there's learning in the highest stage. So I'm not sure how to say, it, but I don't mind experience experiencing all of like what the world has to offer, like including the suffering. But I know at the highest state it would be like bliss if I were to reach it and I wouldn't need anything else. And currently, I don't think I would want that, which is what I'm saying. Is that my ego speaking or uh, wait, how else should I phrase? I don't think so. I mean, well, everything is a partial ego uh, thought. I mean, <clears throat> as long as you're thinking, right? So, so some of these dimensions involve ego. Some of them involve a blend. And then some of them are just purely spirit. If we break things down in those ways. So... I agree with you. You you aren't, I don't think this earth allows you to be in the seventh dimension all the time or else you wouldn't be able to interact. Remember, we, like we were talking about recently, you wouldn't be able to interact with the world if you were too far away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't. So the, so the seventh dimension is pure consciousness. No mind patterns are visible in the core of the seventh dimension. So this is, this is a type of samadhi. This is a type of intense meditation um, that you, you wouldn't be able to interact with, with the mind at this point. You're, you're, you're distant and separate and, and not the mind at this point. To not be in the mind means to, uh, you know, uh, be so far removed from everything that we're understanding because we use the mind to understand in the first place means that this is not a regular occurrence in this body, in this, on this planet. Right. So we're, while we can experience all seven dimensions, I don't recommend um, trying to devote yourself to one or another. I recommend, and the monks recommend and teach that a skillful person, a skillful, a skilled and trained mind goes to this area of the mind, the dimension that he needs, he or she needs when they need it. And to be able to manipulate your consciousness to go back and forth wherever is appropriate truly makes uh, a sage. Does that make sense? So, yeah, I get. But I also, I'm all, I'm also, I understand saying that I, I wouldn't want to, I'm not sure why you wouldn't want to experience the, the deeper dimensions. Um, I think I had a different understanding, but now, and like when you explained it, I understand it better because what I thought you don't was. Move, you don't move from the first to the second and never be at the first again. Yeah. I think that's how I was perceiving it. Once you get to that stage, you like you wouldn't want to go back as in not even like have a want, but yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't really feel like going, wait, I don't even know how to phrase this, but I didn't feel like, I didn't think you'd be able to even like get back to let's say the third state. If you reached like sixth and seventh state, because of like, it's bliss. You don't need anything else. Right. Yeah. And, and look, some people, um, some and, and I've talked about that before, where I don't like some teachings from people because they teach the bliss part. 
and they're like, yoga is bliss, meditation is bliss. Eventually we get to bliss, love and light. And that's all life is. And it's like, good luck, man. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. And, and that's what you're kind of, you seem to have an aversion towards where, yeah, it's not like you go to one and then you close off the other ones. They're all open at the same time. That's why in the beginning, in the introduction, I was reading that it says everything exists simultaneously. All these dimensions are right now. And our awareness on the path flows through them and, and successively perhaps, but maybe jumping back and forth, um, but never never closing off a previous one. They're all open at the same time. So we, we, we can't necessarily close them off um, if we're to be a, a mystic and really be able to go back and forth, which we do want to be able to go back and forth. If we don't go back and forth, we end up alienating ourselves from reality, from other people, from karma, from our dharma um, unless it's our karma and dharma to close those off as i gave in that last in that one episode um, of ramana maharshi he's got a weird name just real quick his his name is for a long time i thought his name was maharishi ramana maharishi his name is not pronounced maharishi even though those are two actual words maha means great rishi means sage or seer it's maharshi and it's like it means maharishi but it's it's said it's spelled and pronounced maharshi it's it's like a weird sanskrit thing where there's a there's no rishi it's rishi it's weird anyway um if I say, if, because it sounds weird if I go back and forth, but I often go back and forth with his name uh, because for years I said Maharishi and then years later I learned it's Maharshi like, or Maharishi. Maharishi. It's, a, it's a hard, Sanskrit's hard. Anyway, um, sorry, side note. But in, in Ramana Maharishi's uh, you know, life where he was, engaged fully in the seventh dimension and like on the cusp of losing his physical body to rats you know that was what he was supposed to do he eventually came back though to six five and four right to when people built a, a, a hut for him or built a, a building for him a house and um, he eventually started to walk around eat food talk to people things like that so even even a great great uh sage like him had to kind of come back to live out the rest of his karma and then eventually he got um a cancerous tumor in his arm and the doctors uh recommended he he amputate his arm in order to live and he said no i don't i don't care about living so he still maintained that level of detachment and he um, eventually reached a fatal point in, of the illness. Um, and he like, he just like closed his eyes and, and died, which is, he kind of has a cool death story. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't know. This is cool. This is a, um, so I'm reading from a PDF that came out last year from the monks. This is new. I haven't had a chance to see this before. Um, the introduction is cool. Um, Sakuru Shivaya Subramunya Swami's framework. So that was my guru's guru, Shivaya Subramunya Swami. His framework of the seven dimensions of the mind divides consciousness into seven categories that range from gross to extremely subtle. The third dimension is mankind's normal level of consciousness, consisting of thoughts and emotions about our own and others' lives. The fourth through the seventh dimensions can be described as the inner, mystical, or higher realms of consciousness. They are within everyone, but require training and practice to be accessed with continuity. This unique framework is useful in two ways. Firstly, it helps us clearly. Under we started. We started at the end, and now we're back in the beginning of the topic. I could have read this in the beginning, but I I just explained it off of my own brain. So we're going back to what is is actually written. This unique framework is useful in two ways. Firstly, firstly, it helps us clearly understand the interrelatedness of states of consciousness that we experience. Secondly. It provides guidance in our efforts to access inner states of consciousness. This requires knowing what dimensions of the mind the inner state is in, like following a mariner's map. Once we pinpoint a superconscious experience, we are able to return again and again. Okay, so they're saying what, you know, they're saying you may access it first. Once you learn about what that was, you can go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, the last paragraph of the introduction, Gurudeva gives a helpful key to experiencing the states of consciousness in the fourth through seventh dimensions by relating them to chakras. Specifically, he states that while in meditation to experience states of inner consciousness within the fourth dimension, look at the world from the chest area. That's the Anahata chakra. For the fifth dimension, look out from the throat area, Vishuddha. For the sixth dimension, look out between the eyes, Agnya chakra or the seventh dimension look at the inner world through the top of the head sahasrara chakra so that's that ends pretty intensely um but i guess if you're learning about the seventh dimensions you're um you're ready to dive into what all that means um looking out from a chakra is a um is a shum technique um that we were taught in the monastery so if you in Shum, when you're in meditation, you're supposed to visualize and feel a certain area of the body where there's an energy center. And you, once you can access that through, a, you know, years of practice, you can not only experience that state or that energy center, but that means looking out from it. So, the English doesn't quite equal the mystic, the mystical. So the English way to ex to express this is I'm I'm looking out through my chest, but that's not quite what's happening. I'm not like looking at the room from my chest, like a like if I'm five feet instead of five feet seven. Um, I'm I'm looking into that energy center, 
and I'm experiencing it for what it is. And the way to say that is I'm using my eyes to kind of see a different world. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. And so, just wondering, Prashamik, yeah. do you have any questions on all of this? Oh, if I had any questions, I would interrupt right away. All right, cool, cool. Good. I'm glad you said that. Um, I don't know if we can. We'll, we'll we'll provide the link to this this PDF. Uh, in the show notes, this is a great resource. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. Um, Oh, there's another introduction I didn't read. I mean, it's exactly like we were talking about what, what all this is for and everything and why we'd go over it. Um, and then the more we, um, the more we learn about the dimensions, you know, the more we can memorize them and then we practice in daily life, right? We, I, you know, hopefully the next time you have a conversation, you can think about the first or the fourth dimension. Um, maybe not the first, but like you don't need to visualize their skeleton, but the second through the fourth, right? We want to kind of be in the fourth. We want to kind of be detached, mindful, zen, while we engage with three and two, dimensions three and two. And um, in, our, in our private life, we want five, six, and seven as much as we can. While we sleep, you know, we want to be in a pretty high state of consciousness so that one, we sleep well, and two, we, we can access inner worlds that are refined and, and beautiful and not have weird dreams or nightmares and things like that. And... Um, being closer to four, five, and six, excuse me, six, allow us to interact with people on a much higher level. And when we do that, we, 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 um, we have much better interactions. We kind of bring out the best in people. And if, especially in where, if we're as adults, you know, if we're engaging with someone else at work, right? Like this wellness occupational is the seventh dimension. So if we're, if we're in an occupational uh, ex experience and we're communicating with someone we need or someone that needs something from us, something that, you know, maybe we're a lawyer and we're trying to, trying to wrap our minds around someone's case in court you know, the, the, the deeper we can go at times, the more insight we get. And insight is so important. Um, gosh, I was having, I was, we, we went out last night um, for drinks down the street from us with, at, at this little wine bar. And, um, you know, we were just having a good time and, and, uh, eating cheese and, and having a beer. And um, I was sitting right behind uh, one of the coaches of the San Jose Sharks. And 
we we had Maya with us, you know, and and um, Maya's our two month old baby, and she's sitting. She's in between me and the coach, um, and he and the coach said, you know, he leaned over and said, you know, wait till you have three more of those, and you know, and then we started to laugh and talk about having more kids and not being able to go out and stuff. And uh, then we just start talking about each other's lives. And the nature of the conversation went from basic to intense very quickly because that's our world. Obviously, that was their world, too. So it's like you find your people depending on what dimension you can access. And it was it, it became very clear that we were... Um, kindred spirits almost you know and this this fellow was like i, I believe we people we meet people for a reason take my card let's you know maybe there's something there occupationally you know maybe you should talk to my guys blah 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 so you open up doors for yourself the the deeper you go uh if you're on the if you're in the first through the third it's, it's so basic. Uh, it's so easy. It's like, it's boring, man. When you, when you figure out that there's other realms, that's why we want to go to those other realms. They're much more interesting than the beginning realms. And I shouldn't say beginning realms than, than these uh, outer, uh, more physical things. The inner stuff is much cooler. And you, you, you live a better life. You can get, you get more of what you want. The more you can connect with the way life is made. It's like, a, if you want a really nice website, you can hire someone to do it for you. But if you understand the way a website works and you can bridge the gap between coding and and web hosting, you will get the exact thing that you want. And uh, your interest, your vision will, will meet your ability and your skill. And the moment that that happens, you have manifestation. And as, as people trying to be effective and powerful in life, that's the kind of intersection we want to create all the time. We want to go from an idea to the physical through manifestation all the time. That's how we get what we want. Now, the key of that is knowing what we want. That's where we have to start, knowing what we want. And then we start building the skills and then we start creating and it's so beautiful to see it happen in, in real life all the time. And it happens at the when you least expect it, like when you're out getting a drink um, at the bar down the street. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that, I think that's man in the making in a nutshell. Beautiful way of putting it. Anything else? Brzemic? 
No, it all seems pretty clean, and we steamrolled the well-being, and this topic's way more interesting, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll give we'll we'll give this link to the seven dimensions of wellness and the the link to the seven dimensions of the mind in the show notes. Um, that was a pretty cool episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very nice. Was it intellectually stimulating for you, Rush? <laughs> yeah. This okay. this show okay. always ends up being uh, intellectually and, and spiritually stimulating, I think. Um, I didn't expect it to go that way, yet I'm glad it went that way. I didn't expect <laughs> that at all. Um, I didn't expect that at all. And people staying, when you were saying about people staying between like dimension one to three, that's because of comfort zone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very comfortable to stay in the beginning stages. Um, it's uncomfortable to change your situation you see that a lot with people not wanting to move from their home um even though they may not like it and uh they've settled they got furniture and it's like well why don't you just move somewhere else and and uh that the thought is like what <laughs> that's impossible and in reality, it's it's uncomfortable to, to have to find a new place, to sell your old place, to move your furniture, things in that, take off from work, uproot your family, if that's the case. That's challenging. It's a challenge to uproot our way of thinking. Yes, yeah, so you need to change your perspective from seeing it as like a scary thing to like shifting it to an exciting thing. Because there's yes. so many, you're entering the unknown and there's so many things that can happen that like, yeah, that are exciting. It's like exciting. Yes, know. that's the, and that's the thesis of, uh, of, of Jordan Peterson's entire body of work before he gets to his religious side. His, his, his philosophy in his entire psychotherapeutical practice is we know that the, the chemical reactions in the mind can be altered we can transform fear into hope and curiosity and we can transform uh, a potentially dangerous situation to a potentially uh, uh, opportunistic situation we can do that we can manipulate our 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 neural pathways that way we can go we can instead of experiencing fear we can experience hope curiosity and and promise so that that alone is enough to live a life off of and how so someone who is in like that state of confidence so how do you how would you set them on the path of what you just said like to feeling you yeah, what you just said yeah where you... would, would you begin for them to shift their perspective 
Um, I think, I think the Zen Mind Academy curriculum actually does that. I think that's what it does. And, and the first module of that is the seven, um, the seven levels of self-development. Yeah. Right. And the seven levels of self-development is, is supposed to take someone from living an ordinary life to living a life of self-reflection by waking up early, reading, writing one's thoughts, exercising, meditating, observing your speech or listening to your language, and then making your life more difficult. Those seven levels, see, everyone's got seven something. Those seven levels of self-development are designed to start you out on the Zen path, to start you out on a path of, of controlling the way you think. And that came from my experience because that's what the monks took me through. That's what the monks take a young man through. They say, welcome, you know, and the, the, the person says, I want this, this, and this. I want to be the greatest monk, the sage. I want to learn meditation and self-realization, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, great, love it. Change your clothes. You're going to wear these clothes instead. Uh, and this is your new name. And here's the shovel. And then we need you to go learn how to grow food. And that's the path, like that's the beginning. And while you're learning how to grow food, you're going to start thinking about all these things. And in the morning, we're going to have you do some writing. We have some reading for you to do. We have exercise times here. Here's the right way you're going to eat. You're going to eat exactly what we tell you to eat. And uh, you're going to perform these uh, spiritual disciplines throughout the years. Good luck. And you're, you're, that's the system. And that's how you live. And it's this, it's this weird, magical process. And it's mysterious. It's, but it, a few years later, you come out a different person, hopefully. Right? Um, and it's from going through these basic levels of, of uh, self-reflective self and introspective activities that force you to reflect if you and you don't have to worry about it not working because the very fact that you're asking these basic questions kind of mean that you're ready for something to work and something will work a lot of times people ask me that question that you just asked me and we've talked about it on the show before how do you help someone and it's like that you cannot do that until that person says how do I change my perspective before that part? You have nothing to do with it. Like stay away. This show is not meant to like, like just be given out to the masses and like, this is going to help you. And it's like, we need someone to want to listen to the show first and then they'll be hearing everything. And it's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, before then, and this is the fourth dimension right? When some, let's say someone's talking to you and they're, they're, they're angry or something. And it's like fourth dimension, stay back, just observe. Because if you start getting into what they're made up of and, and, and the whys and the, and the, the desire to have them change and things like that, that could be very dangerous. And I talk about that a lot with people, you know, what do I do about my alcoholic brother who kind of gets violent? It's like, stay back. 
keep that person away. That's why you have locks on your doors. Um, when they're ready and they say, hey, I've been an alcoholic monster for the past 10 years. I apologize and I'm ready to be a part of your life again. Ah, okay. Fourth dimension, we can kind of come down a little bit and work with them. Um, and then we can accept them into our life. So it's very important that that we understand those those barriers in relationships and, and life. And um, I, I, we can sum that up by saying when I was a young monk and experiencing all these wonderful things and I was going through the teachings and, and I was like, why don't more people come here? This is amazing. This way of living, this is perfect. This is amazing. And it's like, it's not designed. The system is not designed for that to happen. And, and luckily, you know, the monks would say, we're glad that you figured it out, but we don't ask those questions. We let you let people come as they please and, and as they're ready. And then we have the teachings ready for them. But beyond that, it's of none of our concern. It's none of our business. And I think that would really help people with social anxiety, um, trying to stay away from the second uh, and third dimensions with other people. It's none of your business until it is your business. So stay away from it when it doesn't concern you. Could you expand that a bit more? So with social anxiety, a lot of it is being concerned with how people think about you. And it's like, that's none of your business the way people are thinking and don't concern yourself with that and you'll be okay you won't have as much anxiety in other words stop thinking that everyone's thinking about you and just mind your own business and you'll be okay and that's kind of what it means to mature into an adult an adult uh, 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 an adolescent to an adult is a timeline and a transformation of worrying about what other people think to worrying about what you think and once you start worrying enough about what you think more than what other people think, that's how, you know, you've become an adult. You've gone from adolescence to adulthood and you can do that at any age. I think we're going to end the show there. I hear the baby crying. Uh, thank you. Fine gents for, for joining all of us and great. Thank you. Prajemic for bringing this to the table. I don't know how else that would have happened mm -hmm. um uh, rokos thanks for coordinating all this as as producer and uh we appreciate you um getting me here every week uh god knows i wouldn't be able to to do this if i wasn't um kicked around a little bit and, and <laughs> i'd be off doing something else so thank you guys uh thank you to all the listeners um and uh yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Till next time. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. Till next time. See you.